Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you would like to see the written version of this roundup that has links to all of these stories. The first one of the week, update on transphobic state bills. MSNBC reported that a bill in Mississippi would block trans incarcerated individuals from being able to change their name to align with their identity. That bill would also block trans youth from updating their gender markers. Idaho was the last state to try to ban transgender people from requiring name changes, but their law was stopped by a federal court. MSNBC reports that seven states moved within the first week of 2022 to ban trans athletes from participating in school sports. That was just the first week of the new year. Also, outside of the U.S., this issue has been in the news, Hungary recently banning all name and gender marker changes for trans individuals. So um, this is something very concerning for those of us uh, advocating for trans health um, and a story that we'll likely, unfortunately, need to keep on covering here on the podcast. Next up, COVID-19 vaccination among people living with HIV. AIDS Patient Care and STDs published a study finding that between March and May of last year, 64% of people living with HIV reported being vaccinated against COVID-19. LGBT folks living with HIV, as well as those who had undetectable viral loads, were more likely than others living with HIV to have been vaccinated. Beyond that, some factors that make the general population more likely to get vaccinated or where there's an association between that characteristic and vaccination, for example, being older and having a higher perceived risk of, uh, of acquiring and negative health effects from COVID-19, those also held true among people living with HIV. So th- those folks who, who were um, older or who felt like they were at higher risk uh, were more likely to be vaccinated, just as is true with uh, folks who are not living with HIV diagnosis. The results signal that the overall vaccine rate in the population is relatively high, but that more targeted outreach and education is likely needed. Now our next story, telehealth promising but understudied for trans youth. Transgender Health published a study calling for more research on delivering gender-affirming care to youth using telehealth services. Telehealth services generally have expanded greatly since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic due to the closure of physical health spaces and the easing of regulations that previously have made it hard for telehealth to be offered or paid for by insurance. Um, However, authors of the study say that when it comes to telehealth specifically around the issue of gender-affirming care for youth, um, that only five articles um, published in scientific literature have covered this topic. Um, There's certainly a lot of potential here uh, to help youth overcome, uh, for example, the long distance that many have to travel to reach uh, a provider who can provide gender-affirming care, since that's especially hard in, in rural areas. Um, And what little research that does exist shows that there's high interest and satisfaction with uh, gender-affirming care via telehealth among the population. Um, But basically, this this study calls for more research to be done since there is so much promise here. And now is certainly a good time to move on it while um, many states are looking at making it permanent um, that it's easier to access telehealth services and get that covered by insurance. (music) 
Next up, supplement and drug use signals symptoms. Eating Behaviors published a study finding that the use of appearance and performance enhancing drugs and supplements, or what are known as APEDS for their acronym, was common across cisgender bi and gay men and cisgender bi and gay women, um, with rates especially high among cisgender bi and gay men. Uh, furthermore, the use of these APEDS was associated with symptoms for eating disorders and by uh, muscle dysmorphia, which suggests that APEDS could be an important symptom for providers to look out for when they're treating LGB patients that, you know, if, if the patient is using these products, that may signal that they're um, unhappy with the way that they look, that they could be um, at risk for an eating disorder or something like that. So, you know, these are areas where, where you know, proper medical treatment, mental health treatment, et cetera, is needed uh, and where the use of these APEDS could be be uh, not the most healthy way to get the desired result. Next up, marking National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. The CDC published a toolkit for National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day, which is observed each year on February 7th, as black individuals continue to bear the brunt of the HIV epidemic in the U.S., this year's social media messaging uh, highlights topics like how intersectional discrimination contributes to this inequity, also how individuals can access HIV self-test kits, which has been um, a growing um, theme during the COVID-19 pandemic, and learning more about accessing PrEP, including for Black women. Um, black women uh, certainly stand to benefit from the use of PrEP, according to research, and yet they currently rep represent only a small fraction of those who are actually accessing the HIV prevention drug. And our final story for the week looks at dermatology concerns among trans individuals. Helio reported on a study exploring the dermatology needs of transgender patients. Trans individuals have some unique needs. For example, transmasculine individuals who are on hormone therapy often experience acne as a side effect. And there are also some unique uh, concerns here. For example, some dermatological treatments can interact with uh, gender-affirming therapy in a, a way that's not good. Additionally, the paper calls for gender-inclusive medical histories to be the norm. This is really important so that providers know the history um, of the person that they're, they're working with, that it's done in a respectful way, and that it's done in a way where they're going to identify any of these possible um, needs, issues, concerns that could come up so that they're able to preempt that. That concludes another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thanks as always for tuning in. And don't forget, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to check out the written version where we have links to all of those great stories we just discussed. And I hope you'll tune in next week for another edition of our Roundup.